This is the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Goodison Park. Hello everybody and welcome to the latest edition of the Royal Blue Podcast in association with Sport Pacer. I'm Phil Kirkbride and today, post-deadline day, I'm joined by Gav Buckland and Joe Rimmer. I hope you've all had a well-earned lie down after the uh, frenetic final day of the transfer window where Everton pushed over the line Three transfers, well, it became four just a matter of moments ago that Kurt Zuma has been confirmed as joining the Blues on a season-long loan. We're here to talk about what it was, a, in many ways, a remarkable day for Everton uh, in, the, in the window uh, and also look forward to the start of the season and, and talk about what's realistic for the Blues this term. Gav, um, as you watched the action, if you like, un- <laughs> unfold yesterday... Um, what what was your feelings actually? I mean, that's probably the best way to start. How did you feel about what was uh, what was happening? Um, well, I think the deal start we expected to come to fruition happened, didn't he? Bernard and uh, Mina and did you expect them though? Sorry to interrupt. Was there never any doubt because it was so? Yeah, it went right to literally to the wire. Could not have gone any closer. Yeah, maybe not expected, but that being planned would probably be the better way. So from that that. Um, from that aspect, I think it was uh, it was quite comforting, but from the whole transfer window as a whole, which I think you've got to judge it, haven't you, rather than by just on deadline day. Um, I've been quite pleased with our progress, both in terms of the players that have been brought in, with the caveat, of course, that will be only judged on the uh, from the start of the Premier League season. But the players that we've uh, also Chesterton, uh, and uh, maybe with one or two still to uh, leave between now and the end of August. So, all things considered, I'm pretty content uh, based on the fact that also a couple of weeks ago we sat in, <laughs> wasn't on the verge of uh, pressing the panic button, but we were sort of getting a bit fidgety over the sort of lack of progress. So, I'm, I'm uh, happy. Joe, it's like a deadline day can really change the mood of a football club and perceptions about how a window has been either a success or, or, or a failure. How much do you think yesterday, and, and obviously, and the addition of Zuma in, in the last hour? How much do you think that's that's done to change the feel around Everton? Oh, massively, massively. A uh, couple of people I've spoken to, I, I was in here yesterday, um, and it, it was just a crazy day, and you could feel the mood change shift immediately as soon as, uh, especially as soon as Mina and the Gomez deals were confirmed. Um, it's a strange one because on one hand, the, the mood has shifted, and, and look signings needed to be made but at the same time I don't think we should get too ahead of ourselves because as last summer has taught us that mm. these players they, they've got to they've got to then live up to ex- expectations and perform on the pitch and and time will tell whether they do that but um, yeah yesterday was it felt like a massive mood change and, and I think it's something that Marco Silva needed it, it lifts a little bit of pressure off him and, uh, and Marcel Brands and yeah it, it's really really positive and I think everyone's in a great positive mood going into the new season though but of course, um, we ruined the transfer window, according to Paul. Mason, didn't <laughs> <we>? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yes, I have us of saying things like that, Miss, doesn't he? Bizarre things him. like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, if it'd be an Arsenal who spent 100 million at the start of the transfer window, whether he said the, the same thing, uh, I'm not so sure. It was a bit of a uh, daft statement to make, really. Um, but in a sense, the. The amount of money that we spent is is quite a lot, really, in the big scheme of things. Are you it? surprised? Because I think I worked it out briefly last night. The, the commitment of deals and this yeah. obviously these add-ons and things would run close to 
about a hundred. It's ninety yeah. plus getting towards a hundred. Are we surprised that it went that high, or is that just you? You want to sign six players, you have to spend that amount of money. Bearing in mind, we got we've got two on loan and one for free. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we've got a, we've got a few bob coming, haven't we? Uh, maybe more to come. Um, no, it had to be done. Really, it was interesting to see about the meanings here about Man United saying about the Asians fees. Um, was it was a bit mm. of a deal breaker mm. with them. So it'd be interesting to see what the the subsequent conversation we had there was uh, over it. And I think it was probably a smart move. Um, get you know, um, getting Gomez in as part of that. Um, so I'm, I'm not surprised. I just have one eye on the fact that you know, obviously, they'll get into board and accounts and speak. You know, uh, <laughs> you know, we don't. We, we don't, don't like we, that in it. We don't, we don't, 100 million is not a cost of our accounts this year. It's obviously sped out the, the, yeah. the contract life. And I'm just wondering whether, as a club, and won't be the only one uh, looking at this way, is the, the next Premier League overseas deal, I think, kicks in as if from next year when they're expecting mm. a big, big ramp up again in the overseas TV yeah. rights. And I'm just wondering whether they've got half an eye on the fact that actually we may struggle next year wages wise, but the year after. I think we get forty million at the moment. Mm. I think that will probably go up again significantly. The Chinese they went up by ten times the amount, wasn't yeah. it? Something ridiculous. That we'll have more money in two years' yeah. time to pay for for the wages that yeah. we've uh, we've got from this 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 close season. I suspect we may struggle financially perhaps this season, but mm. um, that remains to be seen. Yeah, so surprise, but it needs to be done. I mean, it was an interesting thing, wasn't it? And. I don't know if we're talking about Wolves later, but when you have a look at the clubs who spent a lot in the transfer window, it's not necessarily the top six, isn't it? It's all clubs who are in and around our position in the in the table, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. You know, your Wolves, Leicester's, West Ham, Fulham spend big money. We've spent a lot, both in terms of gross spend and, and net spend, and it shows you well, it's I, an interesting thing. Isn't and, it really? and we will get onto it, but Joe, is it probably indicative of the money you have to spend? North of 100 million quid or there or thereabouts, just to kind of bridge the gap, maybe to seventh, sixth if you've had an unbelievable season. Definitely, uh, you've you've got to gamble now, haven't you? It, it's, I just think it's the market. You spend that much money, it's the market nowadays. Richarlison costs 40 million, but that's because you're buying a player from a Premier League rival mm. who don't particularly want to sell, so they're going to make you they're going to make you pay. So I, I I think, look, if you want to bridge that gap, you've got to take some gambles, and if you think back to I was thinking back to when Man City first got rich. They took gambles on any anyone and everyone. They 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 would buy established players. They'd buy young players. They they'd take free transfers and pay quite a lot of money in wages. And they did cast the net quite wide. And then eventually things settled down. And I think, like I've said, you, a lot of the clubs that have spent a lot of money this summer are clubs trying to close the gap. Look at West Ham. They're trying to desperately close that gap. They're, on the they're the best six. example for yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah. I'd argue actually, there's a lot of clubs spending money just to ensure they stay in the yeah, Premier League. Well, we did that yeah, in January, yeah, yeah. didn't we? Yeah, what, what, what I think some clubs are trying to protect themselves early on to ensure that they, they just stay in the Premier League, because mm. especially you don't want to you know, lose those riches that, that, will, you know, that are there. So it's, it's an interesting source of list, isn't it? The, the people who've spent a lot of money. And, and it's it's not it's not what you would normally expect, is it? Mm. I know the Bale Cup has probably expected that in terms of, without going on about the top six, the sort of elite players maybe the movement's not being as great because of the shortening of the transfer window yeah. and the back of the Bale Cup has may, maybe affected their spending. Um, but it, it's an interesting thing nonetheless, and just shows how competitive it may be in mm. the middle of the table, middle of the table from sort of twelfth to seventh. 
next year and perhaps even like you say if you get up in the round six mm. I think sorry, sorry to right. I think Everton's recruitment has been far more clever than, than like West Ham's you, you look at West Ham Fulham and Wolves are the, probably the other two that spring to mind in the terms of the teams that have really gone for it this window and signed a lot of players and a lot of bodies but I think that's a dangerous Everton have signed what I think five players uh, seven in total 16 yeah obviously you can't yeah, be young goalkeepers yeah. so but the, so you look at West Ham, they've probably signed 10, 10 yeah, to 12 I think, players. I, I think they need to get into double figures, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, and, and I think that that is a dangerous strategy because you've got to, A, bed all these bodies in. They've got to learn to play together. I mean, straight away, there's two new centre-halves at Everton they're going to have to learn to play together. So I, I doubt that they will come straight in together. I would imagine that he will try and yeah. bring them in slowly. So I think with West Ham, they're, they're going to have to try and hit the ground running. If they don't, they could be in trouble. And well, they could almost get themselves into crisis. I think, and we, we've spoke about it on this pod, and I'm sure we're not the only Evertonians that have said it. There's there's some parallels between what West Ham have done this summer and what we did last summer. Yeah, yeah. and the and some before even. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I think there's dangers, but bringing six players is a lot as well under a new manager. You know that that's it. That's that's a challenge in itself, isn't it? Really. Um, what what I think the difference in this year compared to previous years and even pre Koeman, um and pre you know pre Martinez even is, is is you know I was going about the ages of players mm. and I think all mm. the six players we've both sort of got loaner or between 21 and 25 so enduring uh, their lifetime at Evan they'll reach the magic 24 to 29 age or already there you know and the players we've offloaded have been Rooney a number of Rooney, Morales, yeah. Williams, mm. all 30 plus. So, we're addressing that imbalance in the squad of mm. too many young players in the late teens, early 20s, too many players over 30. We're, we're addressing that balance, and you know, all being well, that will will be even more in the next couple of years. Those players move into their mid mid 20s. So, I think that that to me, the, the, the being different from the previous, say three or four years, is you can. S- you can see a sort of strategy and a consistency mm-hmm. in the way you want to want to do things, which yeah. is maybe not been there in the past. Where I think Joe is what yours have just gone out and yeah, yeah. regardless of age, and you I, know. And I, and, I, and, I, and I certainly don't want to be um, being the party pooper because you know there's a great feel about the place. But the unspoken truth about buying players at that age in two to three seasons, they come into their prime and they will retain profitability, hopefully. Yeah, well, exactly. Yeah, that's that, that's a classic business model. I think that's what everybody aspires to, isn't it? Really, uh, and some clubs have have, have, have done that really well. Um, and um, I, I've not got I've not got a problem I've not got a problem with that. Um, if if the if a player that we bought this year in three years' time is worth say, Jordan Pickford being a perfect example of that, well, we've obviously done well at Everton. We all benefit, don't we? So yeah. we will look at that problem yeah. at the time. Exactly. So, and and I think that. that that that's maybe as I say, looking a bit more smart than what we've had had have done in the past, and I, and I think maybe that's the influence of brands a little bit. And you, you would you would you would say that the, the, there's a certain you know amount of intelligence the way we've done it, yeah. and I think uh, a bit of thought behind it, both where we bought the players from as well. Yes. You know, not necessarily linked in the past with players from. No, well, that, you know, that, that, that Shakhtar and yeah, so on. and well, neatly bringing on to my next point was um, that we bought or signed three players from Barcelona, who marker today. It may have been lost in translation, but I suspect it hasn't been. Uh, seems to suggest that 
Barca should build a monument to Everton because they've boosted their coffers by about 50 million euros and signed three players who they didn't want. Um, any concern, you know, in the back of anybody's mind that we've bought duds here? Or I, I don't think so. It's, it's funny that because I've seen a few Barcelona-based journalists say that how Barcelona managed to offload these players to Everton. But, but then I, I think it was only six months ago that Barcelona scouted and identified Mina and said... He must be a good, he's a good player. We'll bring him in. So they they clearly saw something then, and it wasn't that long ago that Lucas Digne was playing very well at Roma, and impressing enough for Barcelona to bring him in. So they're not bad players, and all right, they might be, and with respect, they might be a step down for Barcelona, but they could represent a step up for Everton. And Bernard was a lad playing in the Champions League as well. So they these are Champions League ca- caliber players. They're not Ashley Williams coming in yeah. from from Swansea. D- dare I say it, and you know huge respect for Barcelona yeah. <laughs> and what they represent but a degree of snobbishness maybe Gav in terms of you know they don't ah, oh, they're not good enough for us they're absolutely therefore rubbish players whereas in fact actually these are good players who will improve Everton you would hope so you would hope so the, the, the sort of thing you, you'd say about uh, that is the meaning the meaning why have they got a buyback clause then if they don't raise him and he's a tort might be installed a buyback clause in the, in the contract. Yeah, you, you just want them off the books, wouldn't you? Absolutely. It's yeah. so. I mean, uh, that's. Uh, and adding to that point, there's no option to buy Gomez either, is there? No, yeah, he's not. Yeah. So he's just alone, yeah. so he, yeah. he obviously can't be that bad. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Um, to say, there's a bit of bit of saber at one there going on, and a bit of a uh, bit of spin, and as we all know, players are, can be poor at one club and be brilliant at the the next. Mm. I mean. A lot of overseas players we bought have been great o- over the years. Not Evan, just you know, uh, Premier League legends have been bought because they were poor. Mm. Bear camp would be one, you know, yeah. for, the, for yeah. the start. You know, he you wasn't. Know, uh, and, uh, he, was, he wasn't a bad footballer, was he? So it's littered, littered with players who, who've not done it abroad and and, and come here and, and found a feed. So I'm not really bothered about that, really. Yeah. Um, we've we've spoke at length about Yerry Mina on this pod and probably talked it to death he was the number one target he's in now that's great one of the surprise packages of yesterday was that we've got Andre Gomez in he's looks like he's going to be injured for about three weeks but Joe when he is fit if you're Morgan Schneidlin are you thinking this is bad news for me this I'm going to be honest here I don't know a great deal about Andre Gomez mm. I'm guessing that Marco Silva knows him well now, did they work together in the past Gomez. Gomez's history is uh, was he at Sporting he was at Valencia and Benfica yeah, Benfica, Benfica and then Valencia yeah yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a hard one to know I don't think the fact that he's coming in injured helps him mm. quite often when you see players coming in injured that they, they struggle to sort of find their rhythm um, I think of, of all the summer signings Everton made he's the, probably the one that I'm not bowled over by right yeah yeah, yeah. Um, but but Perhaps that's a bit harsh because I'm, uh, as I have just admitted, I don't no, know. I, 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 I don't think you're alone. Yeah. I don't really know a great deal about him. Yeah. But, um, Gav, what, what then? Feelings on Gomez? The centre midfield, isn't he? Um, I suspect that might have been a bargain chip in the uh, getting the mean deal through. You think? I thought that may have been sort of mm. part of you know part of it. Um, so we are light in midfield. Though. Yeah, and we are so it's a win-win, isn't it? Mm. Um, and I, I've not got a problem with it. I mean, there's there's a there's an international break as ever. I think in early September. So I think he'll probably be back middle of September, isn't it? I think this is the second Saturday or second week in September. So no, I'm not I'm not got a problem with. It, but this is two and a half euros. Two two point two five million euros. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I think it, it we need 
bodies in that area of the pitch. So somebody's played for Valencia, Barca. I'm not. I've not got a problem with that. He, I think he, he he's one of them with the point to prove, isn't he? As mm. well. Um, again, there was some stuff about some losing confidence in front of the. the God, we've had enough players. He's lost confidence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Any more. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so chance to relaunch is clear. So and and Marco knows him well. Um, well, not to say Valentin, but you know him from from Portuguese mm. football. Yeah, I've not got a problem with that. To be fair. So do you think that the signing of all the signings that Everton have made, the one that's captured the imagination most is, is Bernard, as I'm saying, although I've got my hand, my wrist slapped. It's not Bernard, it's Bernard. Yeah, but <laughs> However you want to say it. Do you think he's he's the player that is actually exciting everybody the most? Definitely. It was only a couple of years back where... Is it, so it's Bernard. I, I, I don't know. People keep telling Bernard, me. I'm Bernard. I'm saying Bernard. It feels He feels yeah. the Bernard. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A couple of years back, there was a lot of excitement around him. I remember Everton were linked with him a few years ago, weren't they? Before I think just after he'd gone to Shakhtar, it was possibly. during the protracted yeah. pursuit of Yarmolenko. Yeah, of course. Oh, yeah. Right. That about three years then, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it, the funny Brazilian players, aren't they? Because it's whether they settle, but if they do, he's, he's got great technical ability. He can score goals. He likes to break into the box. He's somebody that would be interesting to find, see where they they find mm. fit, fitting him in, but. What I liked, what I thought was interesting about Silva today in his press conference is he, he went through almost every player he bought and explained why he fits in. And he basically said, look, we got rid of Rooney. So we, we brought him. Yeah, really interesting that, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, and, and, and I liked that. It liked it sh- Again, it showed a plan, didn't it? It showed that he wanted a certain amount of players and Gomez brought a body in midfield. They needed centre-halves because they let two centre-halves go in the left-back situation. So that that was interesting. He's, he's one that does excite he, he captures the imaginations. I'm pretty sure he's one of those football manager style, <laughs> great and football manager sort of players. So yeah, I, I'm looking forward to seeing him. I really am. I think he, he'll be an enigma, but yeah. that's what you want sometimes, yeah. isn't it? Gav, how, how have we managed to land a player who was playing every game in the Champions League for his club last season, scoring goals in the Champions League, um, and has been playing you know international football for Brazil only a couple of years ago? How have we managed to get? How have we beaten? Off some big clubs mentioned yeah. in 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 uh, being linked with them. It's an incestive one, isn't it? Um, if I knew that, I'd probably be an agent, wouldn't I? Really, <laughs> or da- director of football or some top, yeah, top, um, You could be Marcel's wingman, I reckon. I could be. Yeah, I haven't got the hair for it. I think, though, <laughs> uh, it's a good question. I think. Well, money obviously comes into it at some point. Um, Offer you know more opportunities, first team. You would it would be then. Say you know, and you would like to think, and I think Mercedes said about this, isn't it? And I don't, I don't know where this plays into it, but we are still in a good location football-wise, aren't we? You know, I think Ronald and Mercedes to talk about the Northwest Football Hub, aren't we? You know, and and although we sort of, you know, we obviously got local rivalry across the park. It's it is an attraction, isn't it? The whole being part of like three or four big clubs in, and the odd big club in the northwest. I would like to think that holds an attraction for players as well, you know. And, and outside of London, that's probably the only way you're going to sell it, you know. And, and, and sorry to jet Gav, just thinking, just come to me then. How much of a factor is it the fact for Bernard making this decision in the region? He's got Alisson, Firmino. He's got Fernandinho in Manchester. He's got Fred. All, all, all the same national. Yeah. Richarlison's at the football club. Yeah. Is, is that uh, you know? Is he? Are there, you know, he's got people. Yeah. 
that he knows probably yeah it's absolutely Fred and Bernard's on the air that's what sort of takes <laughs> you back doesn't it really <laughs> I could be get the t-shirts yeah, mate yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, lo- yeah, local social club. Yeah, I, and and I'm sure that's part of you know the Barca connection at Everton, which I like to talk about. You know, it was like three players for Barcelona as well, isn't it? You know, mm. yeah, you would th- there'd be myriad reasons, but I think um, maybe the project was sold. <laughs> I mean, and he said all the right things, didn't he, when he came? Uh, to be fair, in his press conference, uh, that's how he studied our history. You know, yeah. while he's being over there. You know. And he, um, do you think, from what we know, look. You know, we're far from experts on this on this uh, this lad. I think he can cope physically. I, I, I saw him at Finch Farm reception today, and he can confirm he is he's a small guy. Yeah, it's, it's whether I suppose they don't need to compete physically in terms of they don't need to go up against big guys. They just need to know how to use their size in a different way, don't they? And I was thinking to um, back to Janino at Middlesbrough, and, and he was a small guy who perhaps wasn't strong, and but he knew how to sort of steal a march on someone steal a yard and, and, and use his body that way so uh, it's whether he adapts like that and that, that will probably decide whether he's a success or a failure because he's certainly going to have the, the ability um, but that's why he's such an enigma and I think that's why he excites because you think if he does settle mm. and he does learn um, he could be someone like a Juninho who was a very good player yeah yeah um, yeah if he was Juninho I'll settle for that mm. I think we overeat that a little bit I think the game's changed a little bit hasn't mm. it you know, when you see Premier League now and say, see Champions League or whatever, it, uh, I think the, the, the changing the, the rules of the game and the way games are refereed, I think, has taken some, some of that out of the game. To I'm be just fair. thinking of our experience with, with Davy Klassen. I think the pace is quicker, isn't it? It's, yeah. it's maybe not the physical side of it, but the pace is quicker in England. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and, uh, and mm. I, think, I think that's a good point with Klassen. Mm. It was more the. It was it was the pace, wasn't it, and mm. the, the sort of the the tempo rather than the getting yes, classes yeah. every every five minutes. Yeah. Um, so you know, it was a free. You know what I mean? So it was forty million or fifty million. It was class and type fee. You'd, you'd probably you know have a concern, but I, I I think I think we've done some really smart business overall. I think after yesterday, I think we've done. I think we we're still lacking. Maybe three or four players. Still. Right. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Please expand. Um, I still think we need another striker. I, I was listening to the pod on earlier on the week yeah. before, and, and you were talking about Tosin being first choice. Mm. And I think. Yeah, but I think. It, sorry, it, yeah. but if you think, and this is hugely massive ifs and buts. If Bernard firing all cylinders, Richarlison, Sigurdsson playing in his right position, Walcott fully fit. Tosin only needs to stand in the box and he's going to get the service yeah, isn't yeah. He? what I was going to say this because what was said in the pod as well I can't remember it was about Tosin but what happens if somebody gets injured and I know we've got players who can do a job in that area I think Richie Allison can play yeah. I mean Bolkos played up top hasn't yeah. he on occasions mm-hmm. but I, st- I still think I still think we're light um, ok we've got Dominic Carver-Lewin and maybe but I still think we're light there Um and it's, uh, Marco spoke spoken about having two players at every position, mm. and I still think, considering all that this other quality we're bringing in elsewhere, we're still maybe a little bit short. I still think in midfield, you know, even though we we signed Andre Gomez, I still think our options there are still a little bit limited. Um, so that that's two two areas, and um, that that I still think that we need to to uh, beef up in 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 the future. Um, 
because I, I think to get on that sort of level in those areas, like we appear to be like you know out wide and sort of playmaker wise and centered off there, like I say now. Quickly before we move on then to uh, <laughs> the football, which we won't forget, <laughs> uh, I throw this one at you, Joe. Uh, just so certainly this weekend and certainly down the line, big two. I think two almost the biggest decisions Silver has to make for you, Joe. Is it Baines or is it Luca Dean? As I'm reliably told, it's pronounced now. Right now, if you're asking me, yeah. it's Baines. Yeah, but I haven't seen him training. You know, maybe this week. Lucas Dean is um is has been training very well, but yeah, obviously I don't I don't see him coming straight in and taking Leighton Baines's place. Um, so for the time being, I would say Baines. And Gav, speaking about centre half, if you're our captain, long-serving captain, hugely popular, well-respected, had an excellent career at Everton, Phil Jagielka, are you are you sat there? Sorry, you sat there yesterday thinking this has been a bad window for me. Yeah, yeah. He's probably trying to lose care to him as paperwork, wasn't he, <laughs> at some point? Uh, yeah, well, exactly, but Phil, Phil's 36, isn't he? Now, um, and I think, you know, he's professional enough to realise that. I mean, and, and probably think, he's professional enough to realise that, you know, they have the national natural evolution of the game. And also, he's probably realised that, I've, pro- I've been lucky, I've probably had three or four years extra, <laughs> thanks to our general mismanagement of the centre-half position over the last four or five years. I've had, you know, at least at least four or five, at least two or three years extra than what I would normally expect. You know, playing for Everton because we've just basically mismanaged that area. So all things considered, I think he considers himself quite lucky to stay. You know, all due respect, they still playing Premier League football, thirty six, mm. and he's still being the squad. Um, it does raise a question about the captaincy again, doesn't it? Having bringing in two centre halves yesterday. That if Jags is not going to be the first choice, well, you know, or, or the, if it is to lose, the natural succession, yeah. the natural and um, in place successor was always Bainesy, but yeah. obviously now there's a situation with whether Baines starts or not. So it, is it the obvious choice? Is it Coleman? I know we've run pieces on on this issue before, mm. and unanimously almost Seamus seems to come out on top, doesn't he? Is it too obvious? But yeah, I think it's got to be Coleman the way he represents the club. I mean, a, a captain for me isn't just about on the pitch. It's about how you represent the club on and off the pitch. And for me, it has to be Coleman. But Gav's smiling, so I'm yeah. guessing he's got, he's got something else up his sleeve. No, no, no. I'm, 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 I totally agree with it. I, mean, oh, I, I, just, I thought you were going to say no, do no, away with captains. No, or something. no, yeah. This that, that question you can change your club. You can. You don't. You're not bound by Premier League rules. I assume so not. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, I, I, yeah, Coleman to me is a natural. Uh, captain, was that uh, the reason I was smiling? Is, is that sort of the Europa League where he was giving everybody a rollick in the dressing room? We yeah. had crutches yeah, last yeah, year, yeah, which yeah. I think uh, speaks volumes. And, and I think, um, I think, without trying to be foretelling the future too much, um, once Seamus is playing, days are over. I think I'll be keeping him with the club for a long time possible because I think he's got a, a longer term future at the club beyond just playing days easily. Agreed. And, and um, you know, one day I wouldn't be surprised if he's in the dugout in one one form, one form or another. And on that basis, I'd be I'd, I'd be making him the captain. But it's an inter- there's still two or three big decisions to be made. You know, consequent. You know, the Baines one I think is another one. As you say, you know, it, I think Baines yeah. should start on Saturday. Do you think so? Yeah, I just don't think. 
as, as Joe said, Marco may have seen stuff in training from, from Luca Dean, but Bainsey may have had a, a, a difficult afternoon against Valencia, but you know he still remains classy operator. I still think you've just got to go with him. Yeah. I think I think it's his shirt to lose rather than yeah. yeah no, you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, well, it's a bit late when he came in himself. He wasn't fair choice. I think Valencia was still playing him, wasn't he? Two thousand and seven. It took it late in himself. Took probably a year, you know, to mm. to become natural fair choice left back. Um, and I think also as well, Jags is he, is he shit to lose? I think the centre half. I've been slightly more concerned about Jags's form in pre-season, yeah. uh, and I sense not. I, he, Marco was asked about it today at the press conference, but didn't really sort of give a particularly clear answer. The fact that we went all out and got two defenders yeah. on the final day said a lot to me. Yeah. Agrees. Question for you both then: Do do you put those two, two new defenders? Let's say they were available tomorrow. Would you put them in together straight away? Zuma and Mina. Zuma and Mina. No, and that's why I think it's a similar situation with Baines and and and, and Dean. I think mm-hmm. I think it's got to be a grad. I don't think it can be a clinical, drastic change of the guard. I think this has got to be gradual. Yeah, I really yeah. do. In those positions. Oof. Forward lines is a little bit different, isn't it? But I think in those positions, it's got to be a, a gradual kind of. Handing over of the baton, if you like. Yeah, yeah. Because bringing in like having the three quarters of back four, that's new. Is sometimes it's tough to do, isn't it? You know, especially uh, a young back four as well at that. Because you know, Zoom is nineteen, and um, is he? Is he having, having said that, though, we've got the world's best goalkeeper coming back on Saturday. So yeah, yeah. Do play where you want there. Yeah, no, but, but it's it's an interesting one, isn't it? Um, and I, 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 the thing with Baines, I think, is. Is to me is the way the tempo that Marco wants to play, and whether whether Leighton can play that tempo for for a whole season or even half, you know, for for a prolonged period of the games. Um, it's all right. He's playing with PNR, which is ten years ago when he's in the mid twenties. It's a different thing when you you know thirty four as he is during the course of the season. So uh, I think um, if if Baines is still the, the left back at the end of the season or even at Christmas, I will be quite uh, quite surprised. By the way, Zuma's 23. He's just been 19 in my head forever. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I just remember him slightly, making his debut. Slightly so worrying that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so he's, yeah. he's not quite as young as I, I thought he was. Yeah. Still younger than everybody around this table, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> um, moving on. So the Michael Silver era officially begins. It feels like Michael's been in, in place for, f- for a long time, doesn't it? But it officially begins tomorrow evening at Molyneux when the Blues face newly promoted Wolves. Um, tough start, this, Joe. It feels t- we we spoke about the fixtures when they came out and we sensed it's going to be hard. It just feels like it's got tougher this game. You say that I've I've been we've done our Premier League predictions today and I've I've tipped Wolves to go down. I I think it, to Ooh. be honest, it was out of them or Fulham for me as as two teams that have come up and I've I've showed a lot of ambition, but I'm not quite sure that when you come into the the Premier League with the big boys and you 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 try and play an attractive way and, and bring in players. With the best will in the world, like like um, Ruben Neves and people like that, who are right, they're exceptionally talented, but whether they can then mm. play around top teams who've been doing it for a long time, that that that's where I I doubt it. And I, and I actually think it's a tough start because I think wherever you go, when when you go to a, a promoted side, they're always up for it. Yeah. Um, but I think the game will be open. 
and I think you're better off playing an open game like that where there'll be chances. Um, I, I think I think that the games weren't there to be won, certainly. Gav? I don't think they'll go down. Because uh, I think that, that I think there's worse teams in the Premier League last season. Got it. Yeah. Who, 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 who go down. And I think, though you mentioned big boys, I think it, you know you're talking the you know the usual suspects there. I think if you come up and you got something about you, I think there's enough poor teams mm. around the edges of the Premier League that are, uh, that are well capable of going down. Um, so I, I think that that in mind, and also the amount of money they spent, and I think they got a really decent manager. Uh, Plus the fact we've got this awful record against most of the teams which has come out today. I think it's two wins out of 16 in our history. And it's away from home. And it's 5.30 of a Saturday night where we always appear to get the a omens, like, Yeah, uh, the omens aren't good. So it would, would, would indicate that it's uh, it, it, it's going to be a tough game. But they'd be looking at us, won't they, and saying, well, hang on a minute, haven't they brought a few mm. players in and sort of got a new manager in? Um, you know, that will be, be a tough... Uh, Tough team to face, and I, I, I agree. I think it could be an open, open game. Um, I think um, there's, there's a good, good fact that I think they faced each other four times. Nuno Santo and uh, all right, Marcos go on. This Portugal, is the big one. And the away teams won on all four occasions. So that's so the message is: don't turn up to Goodison later <laughs> in the season, <laughs> but get down tomorrow. Well, watch tomorrow, tomorrow. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. that's your. Uh, and and I, I I I sense it should be it should be a really good game. To be honest with you, yeah, yeah I'm looking forward yeah. to it. Yeah, so optimism abounds of course after yesterday and what a, a staggering day it was for Everton but let's let's. what's realistic what is realistic for Everton this season in the league where will we finish what is what do we have to have achieved in the league to go yeah that was a good season that ticked a lot of the boxes um, and was what we really needed to do to get back on track 7th um, I'll, put, you know, I'll, I'll say seventh with the, the caveat that um, I would rather see us finish eighth but show signs of real progress on the playing side. So this is a almost performance over results? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So performance and bedding in players, I'd rather finish eighth where that's, you know, and maybe maybe even be 11th or 12th for most of the season and they come up with a late run. But how would always do that this first couple of years? Uh, I, I, I would want to see progress so by the time we ended the season we're significantly better than what we were say middle of the season mm. so an example and I don't want to sort of I suppose I don't want to mention because it's Liverpool but it's like Rodgers first season Liverpool's second season when they nearly won the title their first season were quite poor until Christmas and then after Christmas they really kicked on and yeah, finished the yeah. season really strongly with you know reasonably new sets of players and stuff uh, and then obviously that then went into the following season and and that's what I'd like to see from us you know development throughout the campaign yeah. where the, the where the end of the season position yeah it'd be great to finish seventh but as long as we can see the development and you can see a really bright future then eight, eight or ninth wouldn't kill me to be fair so do we have to have closed the gap back on the top six I think I think it got to we finished eight I think it was 14 points I think the gap whereas previously under Koeman it had been eight I think do we have to close the gap back to eight? Is that I don't think you need to get hung up on 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 points totals and because they can change year to year, can't they? Teams can have brilliant seasons and then fall away. I think what Gav was saying is spot on. Really, you just want to see progress. You want to see the team develop. You want to see players develop. You want to go into next summer saying Richarlison's long term um, winger. You want to 
Tosin scores goals. Pickford's still there. One of the two centre halves or both centre halves have developed. Din, Dean or Dinier is, is your is your um, first choice left back and and sort of I'm not wishing Baines out the team, but you you see that progression, don't you? So I think it's about seeing players develop, and I don't think people should get hung up on points totals because it's difficult. You know, the top six is is very very difficult to get near at the moment, and um, they spend a lot of money. So. Uh, I don't. I don't think you need to to get hung up on that sort of thing. I just think you need to see progress, um, and 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 that's the main thing, isn't it? And the stability as well. So it's almost trying to make it a as much of a stylistic departure from Sam as uh, more than anything. Even if you've got Johan Cruyff in charge, the previous three seasons, I'd be saying the same thing. You know, it's not necessarily a Sam related there. Uh, uh, thing or even a cumin related thing. It's just, it's just. Um, y- you see, you see the teams in the Premier League who are progressing, and in a certain type of manager playing in a certain type of style. And you know, we know you're talking about here, talking about Klopp's Pochettino, all that type of thing. You know, Guardiola. I'm not saying that we're like that, but you, that's the type of football that the game's about these days. It's not necessarily about the, the Jose Mourinho park on the bus type of thing being quite rigid. Has he got enough players to fill a bus now? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah true, true. Uh, but we stole one of them, didn't we? But you know, and you see, you can see that that's where football's at, isn't it? That's where it's going to be in the future. The high tempo mm-hmm. press game that it's been involved a few years, and I want to see us under a, a younger manager do that because that 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 that's going to take you places, and that's really one of one. That that's important thing for me. Uh, I think he, Ronald, for, for though you could, he did well his first season. He was a little bit rigid, wasn't he? Um, and we were a bit over reliant on Rom on occasions. Uh, and I, I want to, you know, I want to see us, you know, get play that type of thing because that that's what makes successful football teams at the moment. I think style is important. I think I'm of, I'm always of the belief that a happy club is a successful club. That if fans are happy with what they're seeing and they feel like they're making progress and they're happy with the football, then people pull together. And I, and I honestly think that if the fans, the, the players and the manager feel positive, that it, that it drives itself through and you, you will see more progress made. Um, so I think style does, does matter. And I, and I think you're right in terms of the type of style that seems to be successful at the moment. Um, it seems to be a high-tempo pressing style. Um, so, yeah, you know, I, I, I think... I think it is important for them to play attractive stuff. No, and, and, and they will do. No, and as you say, Joe, one of Michael Silver's uh, declarations and uh, when he first joined was re-establishing a connection yeah. with the fans, and I think that's what you were talking about, isn't it? And that, that, that I think is something he's very keen on. Um, yeah, I think we'll wrap it up there. Thank you very much, chaps. Really enjoyed that. Um, we could talk to for hours after the day we just had on Thursday couldn't we and, and, and the top of the season but we'll leave it till next week when we will get back around the table to discuss fingers crossed a victory at Molyneux uh, although the Omens aren't good are they Gav unfortunately no that was a good they're okay <laughs> we'll take okay win, yeah. we'll take okay well thank you very much for listening to the ra- latest edition of the Royal Blue Podcast in association with Sport Pacer you've been listening to the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo